Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Our Gospel reading this morning again comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, verses 1 to 13. Mark, chapter 6, verses 1 to 13. Then he went out from there and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the village in a circuit, teaching. And he called the twelve to himself and began to send them out two by two and gave them power over unclean spirits. He commanded them to take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bag, no bread, no copper in their money belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. Also he said to them, In whatever place you enter a house, stay there till you depart from that place. And whoever will not receive you nor hear you When you depart from there, shake off the dust under your feet as a testimony against them. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. So they went out and preached that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. This is the word of God. The title this morning is, Are You Being Used? And last week, as we left off with Jesus healing Jairus' daughter, and now from Capernaum, Jesus returns to his hometown of Nazareth. But he doesn't return home this time to rest or to relax or just to visit some of his friends and, and family members. He comes there as a prophet. He comes there as a teacher. And he heads to the synagogue on the Sabbath to teach. And the people of Nazareth were astonished by his teaching. And they wondered at his wisdom and amazed at his power. But they rejected him. Why? Because they were too familiar with him. See, the people of Nazareth thought of Jesus as a craftsman who carried on his father's, his earthly father's work. And this caused people to stumble and and they simply refused to see Jesus as higher than themselves. They were simple, common people from a simple, common town. And they thought, surely this hometown boy isn't the Messiah. Now, no doubt, like all proud family members and and neighborhoods and townspeople, that they're happy to see their 
other family members or other friends and other neighbors go out into the world and make it big. And we're the same way today. You see the neighborhood uh, children grow up and they go out into college and, and they become an executive or whatever. It's, it's nice to see that. You're proud of them. But when they come home, you still remember them for who they were oftentimes and what they did while they were growing up. And this is kind of the reaction that Jesus forgot in his hometown. He grew up there as a tradesman, probably a carpenter. He left and was going around to these different villages teaching. And when he comes back to Nazareth, they were amazed, like, well, where did you get this stuff from? How did you learn this? You're just a carpenter. So they rejected him. And in response to their rejection, Jesus didn't do a whole lot of miracles in his hometown. Not because he couldn't. It's not that his power was any way diminished. But it's simply because the people didn't come to him for that. They didn't believe. They didn't have faith as Jairus did last week. Jesus often chose to heal people because of their faith, as we saw. And miracles were performed among those who were ready to believe. But the miracles and the few healings and things that he did in Nazareth had a very little effect on the people because they did not accept him. They did not accept his message. They did not believe that he was from God. And Jesus wondered at their unbelief. He was astonished and amazed at the people of Nazareth and their reaction to him and to his teachings and to his miracles. The people claimed to know him, but they rejected him when they really should have stood out in faith. They rejected him because of their pride and their unbelief. As I said, they looked at him as simply one of their own, a peer. They thought they knew him from the time he was a little boy growing up. They thought they knew who he was. But when they heard his message, they didn't believe him. They could not accept him. The same thing can happen to us today as well. We have preconceived notions about things and about people, and it can blind us to the truth. But as you grow in your faith especially, don't let those preconceived ideas that you have about Jesus especially hold you back. Ask God to open your eyes and see Jesus for who he truly was and truly is. So Jesus did not perform many miracles there. And he leaves Nazareth to continue to teach in the area of Galilee, around the villages there. But before he does that, he talks to his twelve disciples and he sends them out in pairs to teach and to heal the sick and the demon-possessed. But before they leave, Jesus gives them some instructions, which are really specific just to this particular ministry opportunity. And he gives them these instructions for a variety of reasons. First, he knows that this is going to be a short, quick, 
mission trip for them. So they don't need a lot in the way of supplies. And as they enter a village, they're to find accommodations easily and not to really worry about it. They should focus on ministering to the needs of the people. And whenever they're welcomed into a home, they're to give that home a blessing, and they're to stay there in that home throughout their ministry in that village. They are to be content with their living quarters, their arrangements. And being content with their host would show uh, their faith, and it would show, and it would be a testimony to others. If, on the other hand, he instructs them that if you come into a place and you're not welcome there, leave and shake the dust off your feet. And that was kind of a way of cursing the village at that point in time. And it was a warning sign to that village saying, hey, if you're rejecting us, if you're rejecting the message that I bring, then you are rejecting the one who sent us and the one who sent the message. Second, Jesus also tells them that to go and, and do this because he realizes that there's not much threat to their lives yet. There's some annoyance with Jesus and his teaching, but there's no real widespread persecution as of yet, especially against the disciples. And thirdly, and probably most important, this gives the disciples a chance to truly trust God, to show that he will provide for their needs. If you're given a task to go and do something, which is what Jesus did, and he gave them specific directions not to take a whole lot of supplies with you, then they needed to trust that God would provide for them. But notice what the disciples preached, though. They preached that all men should repent. And isn't that interesting? Because that's the same thing the Old Testament prophets preached. They preached the same thing that John the Baptist preached. They preached the same thing that Christ preached. And you know what? That should be the same thing that we preach today as well. Unfortunately, that's not a happy, feel-good message. And unfortunately, that's what we need to hear. And unfortunately, that's not what we often hear in many churches. The twelve were obviously successful in their first mission trip, their first mission journey. They cast out demons and they were anointed. They anointed the sick with oil for healing. They were doing what they were supposed to do. They trusted God to take care of them as they were carrying out His will. They were pro proclaiming the gospel and caring for the sick. And the question this morning is for us, are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? Are you obeying the call of Christ in your life? Are you being used by God? Are you being used by Christ? Are you being used for Christ? Remember, the disciples were nobody special. They were some fishermen. They were some political activists. There was even a, at least one tax collector in the bunch. They weren't saints, 
as we call them today. St. Peter, St. John, they weren't saints. They were common folks. They weren't scholars. They didn't go to school to learn all of the different writings of the time. They were fishermen. They weren't religious elites. They didn't study under the top religious people. Paul did, of course, later on. But the original 12 were not. They were just common people like us. And he called those common people to carry out his work. And he still does the same thing today with us as well. God can use anyone. God can use any nation. God can bless anyone. God can bless any nation. And God does use anyone. And he does bless those who obey him. The disciples were there. They were available. They were willing. They were trusting. And they worked for God. Are you available for God to use you as well? It seems so often today we get caught up in worldly things, worldly happenings, materialistic things, fun things, that we miss the opportunity to allow God to work in us. As we prepare to commune together at the Lord's table this morning, let us ask God to use us again in this world for his purposes, for what he wants, so that we may proclaim his word, not only with our words, but with our actions. Let us close with a word of prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we ask that you cleanse us and you purify our minds, bodies, and souls so that you may use us for your heavenly work. Open our eyes to the opportunities around us to minister for you in this world and make us available for you to use for your honor and for your glory. It's in the name of Christ that we pray and give thanks. Amen.